We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. It was in Clark Ford studio today. We'll discuss Lane Kiffin's press conference from yesterday. Some uh, thoughts on the end of the uh, first weekend of college football. First full weekend, not counting week zero. And then look at some NFL stuff today as well. Also uh, on today's show, Jessica Lynch, the uh, M Club director, the Hall of Fame induction coming up here in uh, about two months, something like that, here on rebelgrove.com on MPW Digital. We're going to have conversations with all of the uh, inductees, starting off with uh, next week, Zach Kozark, former Ole Miss baseball player. Jessica's going to do a preview of that a little bit coming up toward the end of today's show today. So we got all that going on. The podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea every day and the Oxford Exxon. Again, hope you took advantage of the Oxford Exxon's tailgating opportunities, the catering for you on uh, on Saturday. That's going to be for every home weekend. Again, whether you're trying to get some ribs, trying to get some uh, some pulled pork, doing that by the pound, doing the side items, desserts. Got tons of veggies, tons of options there with Blue Sky. Maybe they, you let them help you out on Labor Day as well. And then remember the beer cave, 34 degrees, cold, great beer selections there at the Oxford Exxon and all lunch specials, 569 every single day. And again, it was in the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
the end of the uh, college football week one ends last night. Duke with a uh, massive upset of Clemson, not just from a win-loss, but from a score standpoint, 28-7 Blue Devils over uh, over the Tigers and, and Dabo Sweeney. Really a, a weird second half. Clemson did not punt or score a point in the uh, in the second half of the game last night. They uh, messed up several opportunities, but it's a Duke team that won nine games last year. Mike Elko, a really good um, head coach there in Durham for the uh, for the Blue Devils. And, you know, I, I was watching this, Neil, and we, we talk all the time because of the program we cover and what's in the news right now with Colorado that you can go – crazy on the portal and you don't know what that chemistry is like and all this different stuff. Clemson has gone the other way and it showed last night. Dabo does not hit the portal whatsoever. Um, he is, he is anti-portal. And, and I saw a couple of comments that made sense just sort of on the internet over the last couple of days. And I, and I think this hit freeze a little bit when everything went, went, went weird on freeze is Dabo has gotten so culture dependent. It's not the right word. Cause you are worried about culture. But there is a slight difference in recruiting the best players possible and then implementing your culture into them and in recruiting people for your culture that are not necessarily whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very slight, nuanced thing. But when you watch Clemson last night, they're not dynamic at wide receiver at all. They couldn't push the ball down the field. They couldn't do a lot of things. Andy Staples pointed out this morning, you know, you look at, you know, they could, they never keep, they never even tried to get into the game on guys like Keon Coleman and, you know, Sakari and Franklin and all these different dudes that were in the portal and, and whatever. And it's clearly affected them. It's allowed teams like Duke who did have a couple portal guys and they play sound football and all these different things to at least stay in the game. And then when you stay in the game and the other team makes mistakes and, and, and whatnot, Clemson, you know, we saw last year where they were no longer that national title contender, but they still won nine, ten games, whatever they did. They were not a bad program. But you saw a team last night. It was only one week, and we're doing this week one overreaction stuff. You saw a team that was not overly cohesive, not overly explosive, and frankly didn't look like a team that even was about to challenge inside the ACC. I mean, it just – there was this weird fall off that went beyond score. They just didn't look right last night. I know you probably watched none of the game, but just in general, that program is at a really strange spot because of Dabo's just complete lack of effort toward the portal or toward doing what everybody else is doing. Because in a time of massive upheaval in college football, he's basically just turned his head, shook his hands with it, and said, I'm not interested. And it, it showed last night. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of it. I did watch some, though, probably maybe a quarter. Um, what stuck out to me was Duke looked like the more athletic team. Really physical defensively. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw Duke muffed a punt that I think led to a Clemson score. That was about the only thing Clemson got going. Um, the atmosphere in Durham, I noticed that obviously they've gotten people excited about football there. Um, at a t- time when I think it's Im- imperative for Duke to be good at football because I, I think stuff's coming. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, the word you're looking for is obsessed. Uh, Sweeney yeah. in, the, in the comparison to freeze is a good one. Freeze did this thing at the beginning where, Hey, we're going to go out and we're going to go just recruit big time players and we're going to get them to come to Oxford and uh, build a new legacy and all that stuff. And, and it worked. And then he got into this thing with, I don't know whether it was the religion or whether it was the culture or some combination thereof, but I, I don't even remember the exact words because it's been a minute, but we recruit a certain kind of kid. It was the press conference at the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. 
and he was he was full of himself that day. And we recruit a certain kind of kid. And I remember you and I talked about it leaving the press conference. Like, you better recruit the kind of kid who can run and tackle. Because yeah. that's the kind of kid that wins. And you get into that, and you become obsessed with it. And before you know it, you don't have the talent on your roster. And sure enough, and ended up, Matt Luke sort of paid the price for it. And he got paid to pay the price, so it's all good. Not, not going down that road. But had Freeze coached, had the thing with the, 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 the strippers, the escorts, Tampa, all that, had that not come to life, and Freeze coached 2017, mm-hmm. there would have been a lot of talk about who the talent on your roster has fallen off. Do you think maybe you recruited too many of the type of kid, not enough of the other type of kid? Especially defensively. Do you think maybe you got away from the type of kid that you got to recruit to play defense in this league? We never got to get into that because he got fired. There was a bowl ban. And Matt Luke was, at the time, we thought, just holding it together while they did a job search for the next guy. Nobody was going to criticize Matt for the lack of talent. And frankly, that team kind of overachieved, so we never got to really get there. But that's where they were headed. And I think the comparison's a good one as you talk about Sweeney. Look, Clemson wasn't great last year. I mean, they were, they were good, but they weren't great. They weren't elite. And I did watch North Carolina the other day. North Carolina's better than Clemson right now. Um, and I didn't see LSU, Florida State, but very clearly, based on talking to people who did, Florida State would would handle Clemson if they yes. played today. And they just lost to Duke, and it wasn't particularly close. And it makes you wonder, like, what what's what are they going to do against some of the the mid level teams in the ACC? What happens against you know Louisville, Pittsburgh, NC State, those kinds of programs? Well, Clemson fancies itself as this Big Ten SEC kind of caliber program. Be careful. You, I mean, that they've he's done that though. He's done that thing, and I think he's a good guy. I don't, I don't think it's fake. I think it's kind of genuine, except for the part about that we don't do the portal. And he he came out anti NIL, which was stupid because you know he was at a program that was doing under the table stuff. Come on, everybody does. Everybody did it. It's all good. I don't. He's blame been him. recruiting top ten classes for a minute, right? And, and I, I, this is not a criticism, but come on, those all those kids weren't going to Clemson because of family. It's, that's a joke. It's in, it's an insult to intelligence. And so, I don't know. They just it, it, he's some of this has been done to himself. Now I've never been there. I don't know. But I know they have a big time commitment to facilities, and they've won there. I mean, you know. He he had a hell of a run, but it kind of feels like the run's in trouble right now. No, it really does. Because I mean, you know, you look at last season and the, the person who's pro Clemson can go, hey, they went 10 and 2 in the regular season. They won the ACC. They won the ACC championship. They beat North Carolina there in Charlotte to win the league, blew them out, blew out the Tar Heels and Drake May. But their losses, Notre Dame beat them 35 to 14. Wasn't close. South Carolina got them. South Carolina was playing really well at the end of the last season, but let's not make South Carolina out to be Alabama or Georgia at the end of the season either. And then Tennessee beat them in a ball game 31 to 14 last year. 
They beat Syracuse 27-21 late at home. Yeah. They beat Florida State 34-28 late. They really scuffled with North Carolina State. They beat Wake Forest 51-45 in double overtime. Oof. There was a lot of stuff in that. There was a lot of stuff in last season that it, sort of, you know, we do the whole ceiling floor. They got pretty damn close to that ceiling. It went all well up there um, in, in, in a lot of ways for Clemson. And this what – I guess the reason I even opened the show about it today, because I know we're going to talk more, a good bit about Lane and names of starting quarterback, all that stuff. But what struck me was kind of the overreactions and missing the point is everybody goes, oh, God, Duke blew out Clemson and whatever. And it's like, no, I'm not worried about the score. Because it was 28 to 7, but it was turnovers and stuff. And it was just, it was, it was a really weird football game. Clemson had two turnovers in the red zone. They were horrid in the red zone. They got down there several times. Duke what took one of them back to like the 30 yard line and then put it away after that off of off a fumble. Um, it's the fact that Clemson, from an athletic standpoint, was that close to Duke to begin with from a stat standpoint. Because it wasn't that Duke blew them out. It's that it was very even from a stat standpoint. Total yards, 422 to 374. Passing 209 to 175. Rushing 213 to 199. It's that Duke just lined up and played a football game very similar and very equal to Clemson last night. Got all the breaks, got all the intangibles, and then won the football game. That's well, the and the other, Yeah, and the other thing that has happened is that, look, they went from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence to DJ, whatever, whatever his name is, whatever. And, and, and last night, the easily the best quarterback on the field was Riley Leonard. And I don't, nothing against Riley. I'm sure that he's a wonderful kid and I'm sure that his parents are quite proud, but I don't know that the NFL scouts are lined up to bring Riley Leonard to the league. He's a very good college quarterback. Again, I'm not criticizing. Yeah. He's a better quarterback yeah. than I'm ever going to be. Um, I mean, he, he, he was, he was good last night, but you don't watch him and go, Ooh, Man, that dude's going to take Joe Burrow's job one day. No, you don't. That's not how you look at it. But Clemson's had those quarterbacks. Lawrence, you watched him and you knew he was going to be a great player in the NFL, and he is. Deshaun Watson, for all of his issues, is still is still a, a, a top half NFL quarterback. They don't have that there now, and they don't have that explosive receiver. And they just they look. What's the word the kids use? Mid. Yeah. <laughs> they look mid. It's kind of there. They're fine. Whatever. But I mean, I don't look at them and go. I think they'd be in trouble in the SEC West. They would. I think they'd be yeah, in real yeah. trouble in the SEC West. Like real trouble. Like you, you might not win one trouble. We're going to mention this in a second. And what Tulane has done under Willie Fritz and their turnaround, Lane Kiffin giving it all the compliments yesterday um, during the course of that press conference. There's no doubt about that. Um, but what Duke has done under Mike Yoko in such short order is in that same vein in a lot of ways from a Power 5 standpoint. Duke two years ago in Cutcliffe's final season, his 14th season before he uh, he, he got out of out of Durham there, or they whatever, however that 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 exit went. They went 3-9, and 0-8 oh in the league including a loss to Charlotte, and then just got bombed all throughout ACC play. I mean bombed. 38-7, 48-0, 45-7, 54-29, 48-17, 62-22, and 47-10 were the conference scores two years ago. 
Purdue. Mike Elko finds a way to win nine games last year in year one. It's, it's really, really impressive there in Durham what they've done in, in short order. Um, you know, just uh, just kind of fascinating here as we close on this uh, this Monday. But, yeah, I saw some freeze in it. I saw some freeze downfall. I saw stubbornness. And I saw that when you win at a high clip, I think that you sometimes – and it's, it's probably a credit to Saban that – Frankly, he didn't have this kind of mentality, but even in general. But, you know, Saban, guys who've done it for a really long time. Um, you can think you're just going to win no matter what, and you start shifting that priority, and you start shifting that philosophy a little bit, and you start shifting it to something you're a little more comfortable with, that that's a little more cozy at night, that kind of thing. And I think that's what's at Dabo here. And, I mean, uh, you you look at it, and, I mean, they're they're probably in for uh, – and for some more losses, I don't think Duke's going to be the only one as this thing goes through here because um, they're just not playing that. That was not that was not good enough football. I mean, Dabo called it a really strange game, but it wasn't just a strange game. It was a sign that there is a uh, there's an issue. They have Florida State on September the twenty third um, for their next one. They are at Miami. They Notre Dame's on the schedule. North Carolina's on the schedule. There's stuff there for the yeah. uh, for the Tigers. On the flip side, it's one game, one week. Sure, sure, sure. You sure. know, and we've got to be super. Not, not. This isn't directed at you. I've no, just, I've heard a lot of people with some crazy overreactions, and I'm like, hold up, wait, just, just let's let a couple more games get played before we make these sweeping judgments. I do know what you mean about Clemson, though. They, they didn't. Something looked off. Had that not been Clemson uniforms, you would never have guessed that's Clemson. The yeah, that was my point. Is that look, Duke played yeah. much better. But had that game just been two teams and you had taken everything about Clemson on the road last night because then you don't get stadium, nothing. It's just a road team on the game and you put the weird Maryland flag on the side of their helmets. I'd have went, okay, I'm watching Maryland and Duke play football right now. Or if you just taken everything out and just put one team in all white and one team yeah. like in all green and said, yeah. who's who do you think that green team is? I don't think you'd have been like, man, that's, yeah, you know, it kind of looks like Clemson out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have been like, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, Illinois or somebody. Yeah, it doesn't look like the days, you know, when Alabama would do those kickoff games and they play USC and win fifty-five to ten, and you go, "Holy hell!" Whoa, yeah, that that was something. Yeah, that that, or, that was. You know. Yeah, or you you know you look at yeah you yeah Alabama you you watch Georgia roll out there and you look at the physicality of their defense and go, "Whoa, that that might be Georgia." Yeah, that ain't Syracuse. So. Interestingly, uh, Jeff Collins was on with Tyler and I yesterday, and he was at the Michigan game on Saturday, and he said Michigan in warm-ups looks like that team. Really? Michigan, so the defensive coach, coached a lot of football. He said Michigan has that look. He You're Ohio State over Michigan, right? I was until I heard him say that yesterday. And now I'm not. He okay. know, look, I mean, if... <laughs> I'm smart enough to know that if two people have an opinion on on something and one's me and one's Jeff Collins and the the subject is football, I'm going to go with Jeff Collins every time. Yeah, he, he can be wrong, but it will take him being wrong, not you being more educated and right. Is what it will what 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 it will take. Um, yeah, I just, mean, is you, it you just happen to be on the other side of that argument is what that would require. Is is Jeff going to have a football opinion here and there that doesn't come to fruition? Sure, of course, but but come on. Yeah, that's that's fair. Top twenty-five come out today. I know it's meaningless, but is that the way that works? Yeah, it should be out here soon. Is it? 
Yeah, I think the ballots were due like at midnight last night. Oh, okay. Because all the voters stayed up and watched all four quarters and Duke and Clemson to make sure they got. Yes, this is listen, listen. This is only that's only for responsible people. This is not for people like us. We we could never be trusted with something like an AP ballot. Goodness. I mean, it basically picks the national champion at the end of the year. I mean, it it is a major responsibility. It's something to be taken very seriously. You could never have fan site, team site guys do it. They would never. I mean, you would put Ole Miss number one right now. And I know that. And I would put ULM number one right now. I'd have ULM number one, Arkansas number two. And frankly, leave them there even if they lost. Because I'm a fan. I can't. Well, Ole Miss did score 73 points, and they're leading the SEC in total offense. There you go. First place vote. Yeah, I can I can justify that without a problem. I will say I'll, I'll give Duke this too. I typically don't like the uh, the font across helmets when it's when, when it's kind of like the not their normal helmet helmet deal. I, I thought Duke's like old English kind of script was okay last night. I didn't hate it. Oh, I was all right with it. Yeah, it was fine. They didn't mess up the blue and white. They didn't wear black. They didn't do anything stupid. Just wear your blue. Wear your white. White helmet's cool. Go do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, good with, it's good with the uniform last night. Clemson does not deviate really at all. No, their uniforms are fine. They have orange. I mean, there's only so much you can do with orange and purple. Yeah, that's a certain look. I mean, I think when you go orange and purple, you, you need to go minimalist, and sometimes they go maximalist. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, when you have. I mean, not to get down this hole because people want us to talk about Lane, and I think Lane said some interesting things yesterday, but when you have royal blue and white, if you screw it up, it's on you. Just totally on you. Hey, Kentucky. Hello. How you doing? Ears burning. Yeah. yeah. Sup, Wildcats? And I'm, and I'm good with the checkerboard with Kentucky because now that it's about Secretariat, I'm all in. But when you go with the chrome and the silver and the black, it's like, what are you doing? Stop. I'm not mad at Kentucky about the checkerboard. It bugs me that two teams who are basically rivals both use the checkerboard in their things. I'm mad at the concept, not at each either individual team. But Kentucky's makes sense. It's an ode to an absolute superstar from their state. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't know what Tennessee does. Tennessee's just weird. <laughs> but an, even, an even if they've been using it longer, you're fine with kind of going, "Hey, Kentucky, you got more rights to that." Sure, Tennessee, cut that crap out. Yeah, it's an ode. Mean? It's an ode to the greatest horse ever. Cool from from Kentucky. I'm, I'm in. But the whole Tennessee and the checkerboard, I don't even know what to, I don't. Even, I don't know what it's about. Yeah. I saw Tennessee people were talking about their game in uh, in Nashville last week, and they were like, if, if, the, if the Titans would show us more respect, we'd like, what does that even mean? And, and what it turns out is they don't draft enough Tennessee players. It's like, that's not really the point in the NFL. Hold on, huh? There's a segment of the Tennessee fan base, apparently, that is angry at the Titans because the Titans don't draft enough Tennessee players. Really? Yes. I did not know that was a thing. Me neither. They filled up Nissan and 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 it was very orange. Yeah, and they did a good job. Like they won the game. I thought they looked good. Tyler told me they did not look good. So again, back to you gotta figure out whose opinion you, you want to trust. I probably not mine. 
I think Heupel's done a good job there. It, it's they've got a big fan base. They're they're a, a potential superpower down the road if they ever put it all together. But yeah, getting pissed off at the Titans because they don't draft enough of your players is weird. That's a weird deal. That's a take. That's certainly a that take. That is a take. So. They were upset that they took Will Levis instead of Hendon Hooker. Oh. I would argue that you should be upset that they took either one. That's a good point. We will get into Lane Kiffin in a second. Before we do that, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, impacts a flavorable punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, whether you're cheering for your favorite football team in the stadium, parking lot, watching in a bar, or hosting friends at home. Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town, Oxford, your new home away from home. We know you want the best, and that's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town, Oxford is next door to the Ole Miss campus. It offers spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will make you feel like you're living in resort whether it's a weekend binge watch session or hosting the best game day parties you'll do it in comfort and style cheering on the rebels with your friends the community is designed to give you the perfect blend of comfort and convenience so don't break up the game grab your friends pick out your favorite floor plan reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com college town oxford this must be the place text their vip list today to become the first to know when their leasing for fall 2024 is open that number is 662-300-3733 would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of would you whether you need an inspection a new roof or a maintenance program riverland roofing has you covered home or business as a gaf master elite contractor they can offer warranties that last a lifetime licensed and insured Riverland Services, Mississippi, and its surrounding states. Text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Uh, Horseback riding offerings from beginner to advanced. It's also a great place for events um, and uh, reunions, that kind of thing. So uh, get in touch with them at Southern Traditions Farm on Facebook or Instagram. Are you uh, a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. So schedule your appointment today. And take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com.
been telling you about Heavenly Sunshine and their Christmas lights by Heavenly Sunshine. They take care of the hassle and do the work for you with their full-service installation plan. They'll install, take down, and store the lights. Commercial-grade LED lights that are 100% customizable in your home or business. They take care of the lights while you take care of the gifts. Book your free estimate. Book your uh, lights during the month of September. And when you do that, you get a free 30-inch deluxe lighted wreath. Again, you can book it in September, and you get the uh, lighted wreath for free, 30 inches there on that wreath. Heavenly Sunshine has been serving the Mid-South and Oxford for over four decades. Their full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. That's HeavenlySunshine.com, 662-342-1203 to uh, book today. Podcast also brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662 236 2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync. Free prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. They'll help transfer your medications. One phone call and they take care of the rest. Again, that's Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs or Oxford with GNM 662-236-2222. Lane Kiffin meeting with the media yesterday after Ole Miss's 73-7 win over Mercer. Um we focused on Mercer a lot yesterday. Um and moved ahead to two Oh my God. As uh it's it made me check out mentally. I did like, it. What, why are we doing this? I wanted to talk. I I thought we would talk about Tulane a little bit. He wanted to talk about Tulane, but he was very complimentary of the Green Wave yesterday. He was very complimentary of Pratt. <coughs> sure, I, I, took, I took that somewhat genuinely. Like it, this was his quarterback this, guy watching the film. Okay, he likes him. He competes. Makes plays. Knows the offense, knows his role. I think he was very clearly trying to make sure that he got the message out to his team through the media, one that I'm sure he's delivering in person as well. But, hey, I, I know this is not an SEC team, but they're good. Paul he, did an SEC team at one point yesterday. He did refer to them as an SEC team. He, like me, does not dismiss their win over USC in the Cotton Bowl. I know I know what Lane Kiffin thinks of Caleb Williams because I've heard it. Um, he views anyone that can beat Williams as a worthy adversary. Got a big challenge this week. Going to play a top 25 team, Cotton Bowl champs. They ask about a nine-game SEC schedule, so this is really a test of a nine-game SEC schedule because this is an SEC football team with that type of talent. They were able to beat the Heisman Trophy winner a few games ago going on the road. That's always challenging, especially with a new team. We'll have our hands full, so we'll have to perform really well and practice really well this week. Yes, a lot of speaking to the team, including even later in the press conference, somebody asked about evaluation for this week or what he wants to see out of his team, and he basically said that he would love another evaluation game, but that sure wasn't it. It was just getting a win on the road in New Orleans on Saturday. So, um. A lot of stuff there. Yeah, really big on Pratt. He gave a full full answer about Pratt a few minutes later about the turnaround, and you can only do that when you have a dynamic, a good quarterback at the helm and what Willie Fritz has done there in uh, in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Tulane respect. It did really feel like he was urging his team to, hey, don't focus on the helmet here. Listen to me. Going to be a lot of that this week, I think. And I would think so. And then the, other, the only thing from Mercer that I found relevant – was that he did like their energy coming out of halftime. They didn't slow down and just coast in the second half. And he made the point that he makes a lot in these blowouts is that, you know, second team and third teamers are getting that opportunity. They're getting on the field. So play, use use the snaps to your advantage on whatever that's looked like. 
he's been unhappy with that in the past at times. And he clearly was pretty pleased with that because he did. He, he reiterated and went back to that several times during the uh, press conference on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was pleased with this team on Saturday. He should be. They played well. They played hard. They played the whole game. You and I were talking before we got started. I think he also knows that you can only take so much from that game. You, 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 you can only, I don't think that you can make any conclusions. This is not positive or negative, by the way. This is just, I don't think you can take a lot from those games. You played, your guys played hard. You can control effort, and the, the effort was there. That's good. Now, the other team wasn't very good, and that's being nice. So, I don't know what you, you know, you're not going to play. You're not going to play another team. Every other team on, on Ole Miss's schedule, including ULM, would beat Mercer. Yes. So, you know, I mean, ULM beat Army. They would beat Mercer. So you're not going to play another team that, like that. So you, 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 to, you can't take – you have to be – he's not, to his credit. So, so, some of the media, on the other hand, I, I, be nice. I don't understand some of the stuff that they – there must Well, be, it's like the disclaimer of, hey, I know it's Mercer, but then I'm going to write nine paragraphs about how awesome it was. It's like, well – Yeah, so on the Monday after the Mercer game, you're still writing about Mercer? Why? And I know the answer is, well, we have to have 10 stories a day. Okay. I, I, okay. Yeah. Lane did not really want to. He, 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 he had not, he, he got into a little bit of a mode because they kept going, Hey, what about this player? What about this player? What about this player? And he just sort of said, yeah, I really pleased with him. It was good. Yeah. Kind of over and over and over and over again. Um, but early in the press conference as, as should the question was was phrased really well. It might have been Michael Katz. I don't remember who asked it. It was Michael about, Katz. Katz, about, Katz is a, Katz is proving to be a very good reporter. He 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 does not do a lot. He does not do any of the stuff that we're talking about. He asks pertinent questions, and he had we had noticed. I got there a little after Michael's there. Michael's, I beat you by a couple minutes, and Michael said, "Um, hey, there's a depth chart," and I was like, "The same one?" I said, "Is it an or party?" He goes, "No, a lot less ors." He goes, "Including." One significant or that's not there. And then he asked about it. Yeah. Jackson Dart, obviously, quarterback. Lane's quote, Jackson played really well. Like I said, he had a really good camp in spring, so he's the starting quarterback. Like I've said all along, we're extremely excited about that room, that depth in the room. Walker Howard came in last week, played really well, made some really good throws too. I always say in the teams, in, in the team, each position group is a team within itself. And our goal each year is to improve that in the offseason. That position has been dramatically improved, like you saw the play from all three guys that went in. There was a Jackson Dart part of that. Um, mm -hmm. It made me laugh because he was like, I've been saying all along. It's like, no, Lane, you actually haven't been saying <laughs> No, literally Saturday sure. afternoon, you wouldn't yeah. say that. <laughs> 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 I mean, we were like, you can make this go away. I mean. Yeah, a little history rewrite here. She goes, well, I don't know. I've been telling you guys. It's like, okay. Like, no, whatever. no, you literally referred to it as someone had to go first. Yeah. <laughs> your words, not ours. I mean, we're a collection of idiots, granted. But no, you, you've created, you created this firestorm last week on your own. So why did he decide yesterday all the hell with it? Well, okay. So we can. All right. Yeah, to me, yeah, 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 yeah. To me, there's two parts of this psychology that are interesting. One, 
One is that he 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 definitely said Jackson's the quarterback. But he wasn't asked about Walker Howard. He wasn't yeah, he asked t- about Walker Howard even later on that I'll get to in a minute. He he yeah. was not asked specifically about Walker Howard at all yesterday. But on two different occasions, unprompted, Lane Kiffin talked about Walker Howard. And he did not say Spencer Sanders' name in that paragraph. He said Walker Howard's name in that paragraph. Yeah, he referred to all three of them, which, yes. which included Sanders, presumably. Sure, of course. But he didn't say his name. And... I know there are people out there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you that are saying you guys are reading way too much into this. And you know what? You might be right. Sure. There you go. Not this is supposition on my part. But I read something into it yesterday. Hey, Jackson's my guy. He we've asked him to do different things and he's done it. He's answered the bell. We brought Walker Howard in to be the quarterback of the future. We put him in, and he did well. And he came to Ole Miss to get meaningful practice reps this year and to be the guy. And look, at the end of this season, Jackson Dart's going to have choices. He's going to have his degree. He can go someplace as a grad transfer. Not saying he will. But I'm saying he will have the option. He could declare for the NFL. He's been in college three years. Or he could stay at Ole Miss. Spencer Sanders won't be at Ole Miss next year. So you there's a lot that goes like we can talk about quarterbacks like any other position, except for the fact that it's not at all. I, I read a lot into it. And I can't, I suspect Sanders is not particularly thrilled with the arrangement right now, but he's, I know he's getting the NIL package and stuff, but it kind of feels like Spencer sort of gambled on this and it didn't work out, at least to this point. Well, and then because there's three straight. I guess there's a question in the middle. Um, there's two questions in the middle. Then it becomes kind of three, you know, two more straight quarterback questions, or at least questions where quarterbacks come up in some ways. And the first one is um, Dart's reaction when named the starter. And he says, I don't know. I think you'd have to ask him. Don't think it was a big reaction. Think that he's been here long enough to know that you can just control what you can control and be ready to play. And it's out of your control how many snaps you get to play. That's our decision. We don't always expect you to agree with it. We tell the players, but we expect them to respect and go play really hard regardless of what your role is. Well, Jackson had no whatever because he's known for weeks, so it was not a shock to him when he was playing on Saturday. Um, But even that felt like a little point. You know what I mean? There was like that extra little part where it's like, hey, you don't have to like it, but by God, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Heads up. Agreed. Because he could have stopped at, I don't know, but you'd have to ask him that. Yeah. He didn't really have a big reaction. He had prepared the entire time to start, so it was just status quo, blah, 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 blah. Okay, good, sweet. If you talk to Jackson in February, he told you, I'm the quarterback. Yes. All spring, I'm the quarterback. It's my team. His words. And it is unequivocally his team. My team. 
to the point that I, there was a really good post on the message board that pointed this out yesterday. I, I, I don't know the poster's name. I don't have to go back and look. I don't get credit. But I think somebody asked, said, hey, you know, do you think that Sanders not playing causes some locker room issue? And the, po- the post was really aware. There's no locker room issue unless one player has a substantial portion of the locker room in his corner. To the best of our knowledge, this is pretty much Jackson Dart's team and has been Jackson Dart's team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when you got the dudes on, like, they're, they're like one player is not going mean, to, and again, not saying Spencer Sanders ever would. That's not my point. My point is the dynamic is not even really structured behind that to the best of our knowledge that we're aware of. Jackson's tight with the offensive line. Yeah. He goes hunting with a bunch of those guys. He, it's tight with Judkins. He took a bunch of, yeah, he and Judkins are tight. He took a bunch of the wide receivers out to California with him to his go to, to throw with his quarterbacks coach. I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's been the guy. He would tell you he was the guy. I mean, I sat down with him the very first day of preseason camp, and we just talked, and we had a very nice conversation. And I was like, Are you, is this even a thing to you? And the answer was no. No, I'm, I'm the quarterback. My job. So I, I don't think he fell to his knees and burst into tears when he was told he was the starting quarterback. He was like, yeah, sky's blue. It's hot out. I mean, it literally was probably that simple. It's September. It's hot. Um, the sky's blue. The football's brown. You're the starter. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think there was like some meaningful embrace between the two men. I'd, I'd be stunned. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay, cool. I'm gonna get back to my potatoes now. Like, sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, playing, I'm, I'm trying to watch film here. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. He was asked a question about somebody. I don't, I don't know who it was, but he he brought Walker Howard up when the question. I've got was, it. It's this on who shined on tape. Okay, you saw Caden Lee come in and play really well. I thought Victor Kern did really well to play left tackle and right tackle in the same game. He did a really good job, especially for somebody who actually played guard a lot in camp. That was good to see. And then again, for Walker Howard to come in and do that well was really awesome. Yeah. And maybe when they looked at the tape, Walker was just awesome. I mean, that's possible. But he threw I, four balls. Yeah, I mean, I didn't – I'm not going back and watching that game. No no, no way. Um, but they did. That's their job to do it. And they get paid a lot of money to go back and watch that film. And maybe he, on film, was just amazing. But that felt different. Just I read – like I wrote in, in what he said, what he meant, my antenna went up. Thomas is going to prepare for Alabama in two and a half, three weeks. Milrose is starting quarterback for Alabama. Spencer Sanders is going to have his number on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, look. If you're preparing for the future, Walker Howard is getting the snaps. That's what we're saying. Yeah, and if you're if you're trying to simulate what you you're going to get out of Milrow that week, or frankly what, Spencer, frankly what you're going to get out of uh, Haynes King next week. Yeah, it's Spencer Sanders. Now, does Spencer put on a scout team quarterback and go run scout team? I don't know. Because if Jackson Dart turns an ankle, Spencer Sanders is going to go into the game as quarterback, I would assume. I think. I would assume. But anything beyond that, Walker Howard makes the most sense for Lane's program. And Lane, if nothing else, has made it very clear he's worried about the program. Not the feelings or the optics or anything else along that line. Oh, for sure. I mean... But look, I, I've said this all along, and Lane's agreed with me. You can't get three quarterbacks ready each week. Can't be done. Not where you're getting the starter really ready. You, you, the third guy might get he might get a snap or two, but he's not getting he's not getting meaningful preparation for Saturday's game. Correct. He's running the scout team now. You you have you can take Simmons and let him run the scout team. Problem with Simmons is he's left he's left-handed. He doesn't simulate a lot of the guys. I don't know how big of a deal that is or isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's not like a tennis serve or something, but sure. I get yeah, I yeah, get it. Right. It's not like preparing for preparing for a right-handed pitcher and he goes out throwing yeah. left-handed. It's kind of defeats the purpose of the preparation, but I, I don't know. Look, I'll never completely understand why they brought him in. Howard, I understood it a million percent. Sanders, it felt like, hey, you're creating an issue here. And I think it was, in my opinion, I think it was an emotional decision made on the heels of a bad bad finish to a season. I think we're going to keep. Go ahead. But I could be wrong. So I'll say that up front. This is not coming from... I mean, there's some sourcing, obviously, but this is not coming from some position of great authority here. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off. I don't. No, I'm not completely off, but maybe I'm missing something. I think Ole Miss is going to continue to play both kickers for a little while. They appear to like Caden Davis and Caden uh, Costa at this at this point. Um, kind of confusing. They have the same name, uh, but all the Cadens, lots of Cadens. 
That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of Cadens here. Um, is it does the A and M kid go by Cade though, or is it Caden? These are things I I can't answer. Okay. Did they even punt on Saturday? Punted once, right? Did Messine punt once? I thought so. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he punted one punt. Okay. How far? Uh, 49 yards. Oh. Good so he's game. averaging 49 with a long of 49. They'll take that for the season. Yeah. Uh, Lane went out of his way yesterday to compliment Jam Griffin for uh, playing special teams, only getting five offensive snaps and staying engaged. There was yeah. probably some method to that a little bit. A little bit of probably sending a message of, hey, this might be how you make an NFL roster. Um, Briscano did not play at all on Saturday. What do you make of that? Um, Maybe they're just trying to save his red shirt. Okay. You never know what could happen, so don't be dumb. Yeah. And, and well, and frankly, right now, he's, I mean, in theory, he's the four-team running back. Yeah, I mean. Now, Bentley's got to hold on to the football. Another fumble yeah. or two, and that's going to get moved real quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That sure. that that might have been, you know, what's funny about this is it was Mercer and it was 73 to 7. And if you told me name the most significant play from a depth chart change, it was Bentley's fumble. Because I go, Agreed. ooh, well, that's Lane not good. Lane mentioned two plays, the, the fumble and the 75-yard run that I think was alarming to them in a number of ways. Yeah. <laughs> it showed that, well, here's the thing is that, that kid that ran the 75 yards and bless him, but I, they didn't run him down. Yeah. No one chased him down. You're going to face some dudes that if you can't run him down, you're not running them down either. Well, it kind of caught me off guard. I mean, number one, I wasn't expecting Mercer to go for a touchdown in the first play, but yeah, once he broke that line, I thought, Oh, okay, whatever run. And I went, Oh, Wow, mm, he's still going. I mean, there was a bit of a whoa to that yeah, a little bit. Nobody, sure. nobody got him. Um, complimented Kyron. He. We're going to find out a lot more. We're going to find out a lot about a lot more this weekend. We're, we're about to start finding out. That's why I, 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 I get that. There's the, the hey, we got to make all these these judgments. The, the case hasn't even been handed to the jury yet. There's no reason to start coming up with the like I tell Carson all the time. Don't. Don't make decisions that you don't have to make. We don't even really have the opening statement. We just have like the little plaintiff summary. Here's what we think might be the case. Yeah. We're still like in jury selection. Yeah. So um, with the absences of tight ends and whatnot, uh, again, Hudson Wolf uh, with a uh, collarbone, shoulder, whatever you want to call that from Saturday, and then Caden Priestcorn still out with the foot injury. They uh, they're down to Heath and Trigg. He went out of his way to uh, well, he went out of his way. He was asked about it, but he was very complimentary of Heath. And then uh, Trigg played twenty five snaps there in the second half once he uh, he dressed out again. As we said yesterday in multiple uh, medium media, um, he said that was not related to Heath's or sorry to uh, Wolf's injury. We'll take his word for it on that. So anyway, that's where we are with the uh, Lane's press conference. More in a second. First. Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, 
network security, wireless mesh extender, and much more. So call the office for details. And get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. We're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. We told you yesterday about if you're looking for a job, if your company is looking for a job, looking for hard-to-find talent, uh, Service Specialist can help you. And it's payment of service is solely contingent on if you as a company decide to hire one of their candidates that they send. So you've got nothing to lose. Give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Uh, Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square, Opa, is the perfect place to plan your uh, company dinner, your Christmas party, your festive party event. They can accommodate up to 200 guests, fabulous food, great craft libations as well at Opa uh, for booking or catering information. Call Jeannie, 601 421 Seven one four seven. Uh, if you're thinking about, um, I don't know, a fall trip, a holiday trip, maybe you're already looking ahead to next summer, and you want some, uh, you want to be able to find, you know, the kind of uh, vacation that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Get in touch with John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. All you have to do with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you're not going to find on your own. Nine zero one four nine four three three eight seven or J Edwards at regencytravel.net. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle, home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com. Speaking of the Mercer game, Ole Miss won by 67 points, which means that the Dead Soxy uh, discount, score sale discount, maxed out at 40%. So you've got it from now until 2.30 on Saturday when Ole Miss and Tulane uh, kick it off in New Orleans to take advantage of the 40% off of the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. It's deadsoxy.com, promo code Rebel Grove at checkout. Uh, speaking of promo codes, promo code Rebel Grove 20 will get you 20% off game changer patches, the only two patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. You got the warm up patch and the overtime patch. Again, promo code Rebel Grove 20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And if you're headed to New Orleans, stop at the College Corner on your way out of town or in Jackson. They've got two locations in Jackson, one in Oxford right off of Sisk Avenue at the Oxford Commons, more than 4,000 square feet of the best Rebel gear. Uh, plenty of parking available. Their staff's going to have you in and out and uh, ready for the game in no time. It's collegecornerstore.com. I guess this is brought to you by Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. That deliver directly to your home. They have tons of different options. The signature, the New Orleans style barbecue, the garlic herb butter. Check them out. Promshrimp.com. See the flavors that you most want to give a chance to. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Got kids, got activities, got stuff going on. They make it simple because it's fewer than 10 minutes. Freezer to plate. It's great for dinner, lunch, protein snacks, and more if they're in a Rouse's market too. So if you're next to one of those, you can get it there. But we're going to help you. You can get it delivered straight to your door by buying five pouches or more with code RG code rg five pouches more there with prime shrimp.com i was reading a uh thing here i'm gonna get back into football in a second neil but i just this kind of stuck with me i was looking at twitter and this this popped up um reading from a united nations report by hitching a ride on cargo ships and passenger jets exotic species are bridging oceans mountain ranges and other geographic divides otherwise insurmountable without human help the result is a great scrambling of the planet's flora and fauna, blah, blah, blah. They're talking about extinction potentially for animals with this. But the way I'm gathering it, we also could have like snakes and things that are not 
native to us suddenly showing up because they've come over on boats and ships and things and are invading our space and spreading through. So that's not good. If we didn't need something else to worry about, just heads up. It looks like we could have new snakes in our, in our, in our area at some point. No, I don't (laughs) know. No, got enough. Yeah, of it, it's it's a, it's a double edged sword. The snakes could kill animals that and cause extinction with things we really like, but also there could be more predatory animals involved in the in the in the movement across these ships too. This needs to be priority one right now. And we got <laughs> no, no more. Yeah, appara- apparently, they're just hitching rides and coming across continents. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, somebody could run a campaign for 2024 just going hey no new snakes and i'd be like hey this guy no new I'm snakes like, i'm in we are going to snake proof our barges and and, and and container ships that's what we're going to do we, well damn right yeah <laughs> oh god uh speaking of the network real quick i forgot to mention the top of the show um podcast with austin riley the atlanta brave up on the network this morning this week's uh real tree podcast so that is up in a uh, podcast form there austin uh talking about hitting inside that dangerous braves lineup his career and a lot of other stuff too including how he passes time on game day so good stuff for him, uh the current atlanta brave right now braves uh currently the best uh record in baseball as we get into the early part of september there for that so just a uh just a heads up there was gonna mention do what now? They're really good. They are excellent. 46. They took 90. three of four in LA over the weekend. They have a 14 and a half game lead on the Phillies. And the Phillies are 15 games over 500. Think about that. The Phillies are 15 games over 500. That's pretty good. And no shot in the division. None. No, no, they're 14 and a half out. You know, the Braves, listen to this one. The, the Braves win run differential. Yeah. It's plus 239. How big of a deal is that, Neil, you ask? Okay, the Dodgers are close, sort of. The Dodgers are plus 166. After that, believe it or not, these are National League numbers, not, not American League, National League. The Cubs are plus 92. The Phillies are plus 73. The Padres are plus 60. The Brewers are plus 21. Everyone else in the National League is negative. Negative run differential. The most is Colorado at minus 204. In the American League, the only team that's even close to the Braves from a run differential standpoint is Tampa Bay, plus 184. Um, Texas is plus 161. They've scored a lot of runs. But what the Braves have done is just it's it's really remarkable. I mean, they just to play at that to play at that level for an entire season is it's it's boy, that's something. I mean, to, to win at that level, that's winning two thirds of your games, basically. And which are, what I noticed about them, I was looking up something on Riley, I guess right after we talked, and I just pulled it up here for the real-time numbers because the, the point's going to be the same. They're also such a great example of how baseball has changed because they have a, these huge home run threats. They have all the power. They're a dangerous lineup from a dropping the ball to the ballpark. But I think I mentioned on the show the other day, they also lead baseball in on-base percentage, or at least the National League. I don't know about some American League teams. But they lead the National League in on-base percentage. 
But if you look standard at like the base stats, you know, in the 1980s or 90s even, you would have said this is an average lineup because here are the batting averages for their team. 335, 270, 275, 266, 270, 256, 243, 280, 290. One player over 275 in their lineup. Isn't that wild? The, the stats that – that stat and RBI are just d- dismissed today. And back in the day, those were the, the stats that mattered. It's like with pitching. It was all wins and ERA. It was it. To the point that I actually wish, and I'm looking at ESPN right now, I wish they would get rid of a couple of these numbers and they would put OPS on the box score with the stats and give me the OPSs so I can look at that because they still put average on base slug all separate like the old time days. Give me the OPS on the on the lineups when you when you do it. I'd rather have that. Let's see what's going on. And they don't do that. It's just it's it's batting average is the first number when I'm when I'm scrolling at it here. So um, Braves six up in the National League home field race on the Dodgers after taking the three or four at Chavez Ravine over the weekend. So yeah, they need to get that wrapped up before that last week. Just <laughs> you don't need them with some motivation to try to lock anything no, up there against need, the against the Cubs I need them on, that on week. cruise. I need them on cruise control, kind of winding some guys down, saving up for the setting up for the postseason, keeping guys healthy, staying fresh, staying fresh. Get Acuna out after the third or the fourth. He doesn't need to play the whole game. It's only week one. Um, I'm not putting stock into this necessarily, but I put up snap counts on Sunday at rebelgrove.com. Ole Miss played a ton of guys, and if you are, I mean, it's two weeks in a row of a lot of heat, if nothing else. They really did not even sort of push snap counts. I mean, you look at it from a defensive side, and Ole Miss's highest snap count was 42 snaps. That was Amari Walton on the defensive side. So, I mean, just just scrimmage-type play counts on Saturday for the Rebels. And then on offense, I think uh, Jeremy James was the only person to play even 50 snaps. Everybody was in the 40s or lower. So, I mean, they they protected that as they should have in a 73-7 to game. Yeah. Tulane did not have the same ability to do that, obviously, playing South Al. <laughs> so. Yeah. Why are they not trying to establish the run in the third quarter? Come on. Come on. It's 11 games left. 11 harder than this. This is silly. This is the given, and now we'll play football. That is yeah. what happens. It is This This is very much a preseason game. and then we'll... Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a preseason week three of the NFL preseason game. You play your starters about half and get them out of there. Tell the truth. Did you know Salathiel Hemp Hill was on the football team? Did not. Okay. I mean, the, the message board did not either, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> I, no. From Winona, transfer from Jones Junior College. Oh, good for him. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. I'm not making fun. Just had no, no, no idea when I was reading the snap counts. I went, huh, okay. Exciting day for his family. It was. No, no doubt. Sure. Uh, yeah, I can not, 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 not criticizing. No, no. Uh, Chiefs Lions on Thursday. You excited here? Where are we yeah. at? Yeah. No, I, I like I, you know me. I, I like the NFL a lot, I, and I you like the kickoff game a lot. I like the kickoff game. I covered it one time, and it was really cool. Um, you covered Saints Colts, Saints Colts in Indianapolis. Um, God, that was a bad night. Saints the Colts just beat the hell out of them. God, I was miserable that night. Yeah, it sucked. If, if it makes you feel any better, they would have beaten anybody that night. That place was electric. It was loud. It was so loud. It was a different deal. Tad Town was crazy that day. 
it was it was it was cool. I mean, it was fun. The NFL did it right. I mean, it was if you weren't a Saints fan, you just liked football. That was a fun day. And if you were a Colts fan, that was a celebration day. So I don't no, I tell you my only, and it's it's a very, very light criticism. It's probably not even a criticism, it's just an opinion. I like these kickoff games when you give me teams with some history. I don't like playing the Lions. Let's play yeah. the Bengals. Let's play the Bills. Let's play somebody with some teeth. Now, look, it's the NFL projecting the Lions are going to be a good football team. Well, it's I also a dog in that game. It's also the NFL knowing that the Lions are kind of a sexy pick. So right off the top, let's – Yeah. Here it is, bud. Let's, let's see what we got. Yeah. The problem if you play that – like because the Chiefs and Bengals play each other this year. If you play it now – it's over. It's good, but then it's over. You don't get it later, and I think they probably would rather have it later. Mm-hmm. That's fair. They, uh, they, they Athletic did something really good. They polled a bunch of um, NFL people anonymously. I always think these are cool when you can do it and keep it anonymous. They asked uh, 21 people who will win the MVP. 11 voted for Mahomes. 4 for Burrow. Two for Jalen Hurts, two for Justin Herbert, one for Justin Jefferson, one for Aaron Rodgers. They asked the same group who are the best three quarterbacks in the league right now. Mahomes got 21 votes. Burrow got 20. Josh Allen of the Bills got nine. Justin Herbert, seven. Aaron Rodgers, four. Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence, one each. Best offensive player in the league, non-quarterback. So here's what's interesting. You know where I'm about to go. Only one running back, well, actually two, made this list. Christian McCaffrey got a vote. Nick Chubb got half a vote. It was Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Trent Williams, the left tackle for the Niners, got a vote. Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs got half a vote. But the people that dominated the vote were the receivers, Jefferson, Chase, Adams, Hill. That is really interesting and not surprising at all, given our current structure for the league at all. Asked who's the best defensive player in the league. Micah Parsons got the majority of the votes. Nick Bosa got votes. Aaron Donald, TJ Watt got votes. Who will be the best rookie in the league? Um, 19 people voted. 10 voted for Bijan Robinson of the Falcons. Three voted for Bryce Young. Then two for Jalen Carter. One each for Jamar Gibbs, Will Anderson, Devin Witherspoon and Dalton Kincaid at the tight end of the Bills. Uh, which three teams will surprise people in a good way? 20 votes. The Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions got eight each. Then it was Seattle, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Washington, Green Bay, Miami, New England, Atlanta, Carolina, the Bears, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Saints, and then one each for the Raiders, Rams, Giants, Jets. So the Lions are definitely a sexy pick. Uh, we can see which three teams will surprise people in a bad way. The uh, Cowboys, Packers, and Niners each got five votes. Mm. The Bill, Bills, Dolphins, Buccaneers got four each. Lions, Jets, Eagles got three each. So did the Titans, and then there's a host of other teams. Uh, that was That was it. Pretty interesting, though. I'm not going to go too strong on this because I'll eat my words and they'll end up winning the Super Bowl, but there is a weird feel to the Bills this year. It's the Jets being better. It's the injuries. 
the stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've got I've got a little bit of a meh on on Buffalo relative to where we've seen them the last couple of years. Well, I think they've been passed by another AFC team. I think they've been passed by uh, Jacksonville, which puts them at least fourth. Yeah, because the the Chiefs and the Bengals are are above them and proved it. Chiefs giving the Lions six and a half on Thursday night in the opener. A lot of points in an NFL game. That's a lot. Yeah, six and a half. Uh, scrolling through quickly. Minnesota minus uh, five and a half hosting Tampa Bay. That's a dog of a game um, Ooh, there yep. at noon on Sunday. Uh, Saints giving three to the Titans on Sunday. Over under only 41. Really low there in that one. That game in New, that's in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're Carolina. Going, you're going to that. Yeah, Carolina, Atlanta, um, Atlanta minus three and a half on uh, Sunday against Carolina. That's actually an interesting game to me. You got Bajon Robinson, as you mentioned, Bryce Young, kind of to see anything from those two teams here to see. Because I, mean, I, I would assume the Saints are sort of the favorite in the division. And yes. then what it what it looks like from there. Uh, Baltimore giving Houston 10 on Sunday. I'm glad he's making a lot of money, but I wish Laramie played for anyone but the Texans. Um. Cincinnati, Cleveland on Sat on Sunday. Cincinnati two and a half favorite on the road at the dog pound on Sunday. They don't typically play well in Cleveland. Oh, really? No. Okay. Burrow only Jackson- has one win over Cleveland in his career. Jacksonville giving four and a half at Indianapolis on Sunday. Ooh, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. Lay the four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh San Francisco, you just mentioned the 49ers, minus two and a half at Pittsburgh. Ooh, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. I kind of like Pittsburgh there. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens. There's a little bit there. I don't hate Pittsburgh as a playoff uh, team. I I don't hate Pittsburgh as a playoff team at all. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team for sure. The AFC North is going to be a bloodbath. I mean, it really is. It's it's the Bengals' problem is that they they might end up being a really good team that goes twelve and five, and so they don't get that home game. They got to go to Arrowhead again. Something like that because they, that division's so tough. Cleveland. They need the Chargers to be good and people to give the Chiefs some resistance. Yes. That's that's where that's sitting. 100%. Uh, uh, Arizona at Washington, the most boring game of the day for me by far. Arizona, Arizona getting seven on the road um, there at, I guess, FedEx Field or wherever it's called now in, uh, in Washington. Bit of a put up, shut up game in week one. This is an interesting 325 game. The Chargers minus three hosting Miami on Sunday. Oh. That's a fun yeah. little game right there. I like that. That's an interesting game. No yeah, no that's doubt. good. 325 also. Denver, Sean Payton's debut. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Okay. okay. Broncos and Raiders. The Chicago Bears giving one to Green Bay at Soldier Field on Sunday okay. afternoon. 325 I'm, on that one. I'm interested in the Bears a little bit this year. Uh, Philadelphia, the Eagles giving three and a half on the road at Foxborough on Sunday. Eagles minus three and a half at Patriots. Oh, okay. Seattle at home to start the year against the LA Rams, giving five to the Rams on Sunday. Uh, Rams probably without Cooper Cup. He was seeing a hamstring specialist yesterday on a hamstring that does not seem to be healing for the star wide receiver. So a little news out of LA there. And then uh, your Sunday night game, Giants getting three at home from the Cowboys. 
I'm Monday in night. That. I'm Go interested ahead. in this, the Sunday night game. That's a good game. I'm, I, listen, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not aboard the Cowboys train at all. I, I think there's, I think there's stuff wrong there. You think the Eagles are as good this year? No, and I think the Giants might actually be a little bit better. I think the Commanders will be a little bit better. That that division feels more bunched to me. Yeah. Then your Monday night game to close it, Buffalo minus two and a half at the New York Jets on Monday night. Sign me up. Certainly got a good Monday night game. They threw them that bone. The NFL, the NFL just generally does it right. They do. They generally do it right. It's one of the reasons that people who like the football hate the like the college game this week one. I know it was week one. We're going to get some better matchups this week, and then as we go and it gets better. But, man, when you start off with just the dud, so many duds, like around the league, just duds, obviously the NFL structured differently. You don't get that. So it's, it's easier to kind of get excited about it. Like last weekend was the first weekend of the college season was kind of blah. And all you got was Dion. And then Dion, frankly, kind of ruined it by playing the race card in the in the post game. Nobody was nobody was taking anything away from him. Nobody was doing the because he's a black coach thing. That's stupid. Nobody nobody said that. College football, and we have plenty of time. Good full podcast tomorrow on, on this. It, it has become, and it's it's the positive to what I've always said. I'm, I'm griping about you know what it does to the local fan and whatever. It's become the really good flipping TV sport. Is what it is. You don't necessarily care the spectacle, the whatever, the fun, the whatnot. Let's do that. That's what it that 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 is its 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 sweet spot right now. Um. Yeah, you goofy. You need some upsets. You need some stuff. And maybe you know, that's last why night they were. Go ahead. Maybe it's why I didn't like it as much this because I've this is the first time that I've gone through a season without direct TV, and so yeah. it's harder to scroll. Yeah, and so you put up a game, and the game's kind of a dud, and you're like, ah. Yeah, the, the the way to watch college. Well, I feel like you have to constantly be flipping to whatever the best game is. Just kind of like go, oh, that's interesting. That's fun. Oh, last drive. Okay, now next last drive. You're you're kind of creating your own red zone experience in a way, but it takes the ability to uh, to do that. So anyway, that's kind of kind of where we are. Uh, men's basketball renewal deadline has passed, but you can still get your tickets. Men's and women's basketball season tickets available at OleMissTicks.com. Women's basketball tickets on sale for just fifty dollars per season ticket. And then the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation is starting their pledge per win and pledge per touchdown campaigns for football already going, but you can still uh, get going in that process and help out to give to athletics. That's T-O, give to athletics.com to sign up today. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. Every item, $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D. You can name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers, multiple locations around Nashville, Memphis, other locations coming soon. So don't miss out. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429. Forty-four twenty-nine. Um, are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already yet retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. 
Andrew Sego with Sego Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville, Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting. See what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. Do you hate losing games? Do you hate losing players? Do you hate paying for your insurance? If you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help. He partnered with the Grove Collective. We'll be donating 20% of all commissions, 10% of all renewals on both commercial and personal insurance policies. He can service customers in all 50 states. He's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss Athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. So contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or via email at dferris at hillcoinsurance.com. Podcast well, is brought to you by Jocelyn Creamery. JocelynCreamery.com is the uh, website. Again, you can get all your tailgating packages for this football season. You can order directly on their website and then pick up at Chicory Market to specify the game you're ordering for. If you'd like to pick it up on Friday or Saturday, they also have a limited number of grazing tables and more for football season. So you can set one up and fill out the inquiry form under services on their website at JocelynCreamery.com. Again, feeds 10, 20, or 40. Tons of options. There's charcuterie trays, the sandwich trays, the cheesecake dip, which is a favorite, the crudite with the hummus, the cookies, brownies, so many different things there from Johnstone Creamery that make their cheeses locally and in-house every single day. And you can give them a call to find out much more. That's 662-419-9201. What he said, what he meant, up Rebel Grove, snap counts up Rebel Grove, so much stuff there on on the site. So check that out. We'll be back tomorrow. Obviously, we're going to close the show. we got some stuff about the uh, Inclub Hall of Fame. Again, some interviews we got coming up in the next few weeks as well. So we're going to set that up a little bit here to finish up this Tuesday podcast with Inclub Director Jessica Lynch. We'll do that, and we will talk to you again very soon. I'm excited to announce a uh, series of interviews weekly leading up to the M Club Hall of Fame ceremony that coming November 2nd is at the uh, end of Ole Miss, second year that I've been involved with that. And uh, today we're going to kick off that series with Jessica Lynch, M Club director, to talk about the inductees, five of those, as well as a Lauderhaus Service Award winner as well. Um, and really what's behind the M Club, the Alumni Association, and get you guys some information on those things. Jessica, thanks for the uh, time today and for the opportunity to um, talk to these athletes, these people, these, um, and, and really celebrate them over the uh, the next few weeks here on the podcast and then leading up to November 2nd, as I said, um, the M Club Hall of Fame. I guess introduce that a little bit that night, tickets on sale, that kind of thing, let people know what's going on. Yeah. Thank you for, first, thank you for having me. I appreciate your time and commitment to the M Club for being engaged and and working with us last year on this event to create a different space. Um, For last year, those that were not in attendance, we created a different environment. So most, you know, ceremonies that you think of are award ceremonies or speech. And something that we thought kind of out of the box was to have more of an interview process. And that's kind of what led us to where we are today, to be able to include you and and be a part of that. But then also to build on that for this year, to have those one-on-one conversations, as you mentioned, to get to know those inductees a little bit better. Some that have been out of, you know, Ole Miss for a little bit longer than some of the other ones, but to kind of reflect on not only their time here, but then also get a feel for where they are now and just the impact that Ole Miss had on them. So you get a piece of that before the actual ceremony that we have. So I really appreciate your time and commitment to to working with us on that for sure. I know that most people probably think they have some idea of the obvious, but what exactly is the M Club? What is the structure? And then who comprises members of the M Club? Right. 
So M Club is our former student athletes who are letter winners. So as they have participated in a sport and also received a letter while they were playing here at Ole Miss, that is our make the makeup of our M Club for all the sports that we have here. That falls under the Alumni Association as the Alumni Association is primarily made up of our former students. That's the reasoning for falling under the Alumni Association in that sense. So the benefits that we have for part of the M Club, um, you have access to for during football season, we have sideline access, your access to the M Club room. Um, there are different things throughout the year related to events that we have. So that's the overall arching benefits that we have and the invitation to come back. Obviously, that we want you to be engaged and we'll talk a little bit later on as far as mentoring and connection connection for that. But then you receive, you know, part of the benefits for being alumni as well. So we had a pretty neat class coming in. Um, the very first rifle inductee with Jennifer Lorenzen. As you said, some players that people are very well aware of in Abernathy and Cozart, Fred Roberts from the Johnny, Johnny Vault era. Um, and then John Forcate, obviously someone who uh, is, is very well known in, in football circles and Ole Miss lore in, in that way as well. And again, you'll hear from all of these as we move forward. Clay Cabot's a service award winner um, for the Lauderhaas Service Award. But in general, what are some of your thoughts on this class? I think it's a great group and a, a great class overall to represent Ole Miss athletics and, and the accomplishments that they've all had. Each one of those individuals has a great resume, not only from their time here at Ole Miss, but also their career post Ole Miss. And so being able to dig a little bit deeper into what that looks like is something that I feel like the selection committee took into account to where they were chosen for this honor. Um, related to that, talking about the, the selection committee in that sense was is part of the benefit of being an active M Club member is the opportunity to nominate someone for the M Club Hall of Fame. So we take in those nominations and then a complete biography is, is written and composed for those individuals that is then reviewed from the selection committee um, and taken into account for those accomplishments, the accolades that they've had here and reviewed to be voted upon. So that's kind of the process of acceptance of nominations, then overall reviewing those applications, and then the selection thereon. And it's eligibility five years post-professional career? Yes, that, that's is that, correct. Is that, is that that's correct? That's correct, yeah. So not just college, but whenever they finish whatever it is they're doing at that point. I mean, as we know, you know, recent inductees, Eli Manning, once he was done, and that right. point of there is a time. That this, right. That There's this a time frame that we look at from that sense. So M Club, as you mentioned, part of the Ole Miss Alumni Association. That's for any fans of Ole Miss, anyone who gets connected in a ton of different ways. It doesn't have to be someone who holds a diploma. But if you have an interest and want to be involved with, with, with Ole Miss, the Alumni Association, a great option for that. Run through some of those benefits. What does someone get when they choose to join the Ole Miss Alumni Association? Right. So one of the benefits that a lot of our members take advantage of during football season, especially, is our member zone. Access on game day to be able to come in, get something to drink, use a clean bathroom, get out of the heat. Take advantage of that on game day to be able to come in um, and utilize our space right here next to the Grove on Grove Loop. And so that's one that a lot of people really enjoy. But another benefit is being having access to not only travel um, for our sports in, in for away games that we're able to go to. So if you want to travel to, you know, our next game that we're going to 
at Tulane or at Alabama or, you know, at Auburn. So throughout the season that we have those games that are away, our sports travel program here coordinates hotel rooms and bus travel to be able to go and come and everything be taken care of for you. So that's something that the Alumni Association offers. So you don't have to worry about those details of where to park and things like that to do um, is another benefit by being an active member. Something else, if you have kids that are coming to Ole Miss and you are looking for scholarship opportunities, the Ole Miss Alumni Association provides several scholarships throughout the year to be able to take advantage of. And those are all listed on our website. Um, several of them open later in the fall um, to where they're reviewed throughout the, the late fall, early spring, so that they're then offered for that next, I guess, fall semester, if that makes sense. Um, so that's something that a lot of parents take advantage of, of knowing, trying to get that financial aid and whatever is offered to them and available. That's one thing by being an active member of the Alumni Association that a lot of parents look into um, and don't realize that's out there that they can take advantage of. Oh, a lot of also, if you're in Mississippi, in-state clubs, tons of those, the connected, doesn't have to be necessarily around an event, but for them, they meet regularly. You can form relationships, find people that maybe you knew beforehand, people, in, and reconnect in those ways. And then the almost Alumni Association has been really good, too, with uh, certain events out of uh, out of the area or connected to an event in some way. You had last year, almost was in Minnesota to play baseball. There wasn't a, a, a chapter there, however got expanded. They got pushed into uh, the connection with the uh, baseball team up there. They won the tournament against the three Big Ten teams and had a really good turnout for that event and something that wouldn't necessarily be expected, but ended up being kind of an A+. Right, for sure. So as you mentioned, the in-state and out-of-state clubs, we have directors that work with both of those particular groups. Rebel Road Trip is one that we tie in correlation with both of those. So for last year, you know, the in-state of Tupelo and down on the coast and then out-of-state just a couple was Houston and then um, Nashville were were just two of the many that we went to. But you mentioned the Minnesota event, and that was something as we were looking at the schedule and trying to figure it out, that Minnesota club reached out and said, hey, we're here. We're a group that they're come almost is coming to us. We don't always get the opportunity to go back, but we want to be able to showcase what we have here and that we're supporting the team. Um, with that, we were able to get Coach Bianco and several of the current players at that time to be able to for them to to go to the event and speak. And and as we were getting it developed and kind of off the ground, what the expectations were, were, were kind of we don't know how many are going to be there, or how many are going to come. And it ended up being a great turnout, you know, to where we had almost 85 people that, that showed up um, in, a, in Minnesota for that event at, at U.S. Bank Stadium. And so when Coach Bianco walked in that room to know that he had 85 Rebels that were there supporting him and his team and those players as well, um, it, was very, it was very heartfelt. It was very engaging and meaningful, not only for them, but for our alumni base as well, to be able to know that Coach Bianco took time from you know, their playing schedule to be able to be a part of that before the event and actually, like you mentioned, you know, to win through that as well. One thing in addition to that, Jessica, is that you guys are in line for a new building at some point in the near future. Fundraising going on right now for that. Going to be a, a four-story building, a big one, uh, with a uh, an area floor dedicated to the M Club. Talk about maybe museum possibilities. I've talked to you about it. Talked to some other people around the uh, building as well. Pretty exciting time to uh, encompass a lot of things under one roof and give fans some experiences they do not currently have on campus. That's right. So that's something that... I'm very passionate about personally, just in our current location where we are right beside the Grove, 
we want to create that experience for people to be able to, I mentioned, utilize on game day, but then also for the M Club room to be accessible. So as it currently stands, we are located with our, our trophy, our memorabilia, the M Club room over at Storms Athletic Training Facility. And so that's open on game day for those M Club members. But in general, for people to be able to access or see those trophies and, and memorabilia, that's not something that's currently open to the public. And so with the enhancement of that floor on our new alumni building, we wanted to create that experience so that people can come in and truly reflect on what Ole Miss has meant to a lot of these athletes and showcase it to the to the best of our ability. Your second Hall of Fame ceremony as the M Club director, you're an M Club member. What has this meant to you just to simply be back and, and be in this capacity? It's meant a great deal to engage with former student athletes and letter winners that share a similar experience. I actually was talking to a former football player earlier this morning who, who when he asked the years that I, I was here and I shared that with him, he, he said, well, then you know all about, you know, two-a-days and practice and, and those hours that you put in. Um, and it's different, obviously, for me as a trainer, um, or a manager or a support staff or, or someone like that it, than it is from a player's perspective for sure, but that you're engaged and that you're willing to put that time and energy into it, that you have a different perspective on what athletics means while you're going through that process. And you know that you're building not only a team around you, but you're building that family around you so that 10, 5, 10, 20 years down the road, that you're able to call on those individuals and that they there still is a connection and you're able to reminisce and share those similar stories of a road trip or an experience that you had or or the best or the worst locker room that you ever visited yeah. and what that looks like. So being able to be in my current role that I have and share those experiences, but then also engage with those members and help to increase engagement is something that I'm striving for. You're personally aware of a lot of the, the benefits. You've said been an M-Club member. So we touched on it at the beginning, but some other things, you mentioned the mentorships, things for former athletes, former people who would be eligible for the M-Club. What are possibilities for them? I would love to have more engagement with the former athletes to be able to utilize the M-Club for networking opportunities. For someone who is living in you know, Memphis, Tennessee, that says, hey, I've got a job opportunity and I'm looking for someone that's, you know, 30 years old or, or you know, and looking to relocate or with it's in, that's within the area that I know that is coachable and competitive. That's, that's your former athlete. That is someone who is dedicated to striving to be the best that they can be because they have that mindset. And so being able to network and connect those individuals is something that I'm striving to grow um, to be able to create those opportunities for rebels helping other rebels and so that they know that they can always my doors are always open for them to be able to reach out and say hey I want you know to connect or I, I want to send you my resume if you hear of anything please let me know and and connect those individuals and then also on top of that to create different events in different cities not everybody can always come back to Oxford so if there's an area that you know if we're going to, you mentioned the clubs, and we talked a little bit about that, that if there's a club in that area and, you know, the M Clubber is, that former athlete is not engaged or involved in that club, that I encourage you to do that as well. Um, 
number one, but then also network with those individuals um, and those alumni because that's just another another touch point that you're able to get connected back to that alumni base. We're going to kick off the interviews next week. Zach Cozart, former Ole Miss baseball player, to join us. And again, the uh, the ceremony, November second, is at the end for at Ole Miss. And you know, it, it, it's a great way to um, appreciate those, celebrate those players, and then also to just be in a room where that many people are together with the accomplishments. That doesn't necessarily happen every day. I think something that uh, we're going to try to, to, to make known as far as an impact and a possibility for you guys to attend that. So, again, tickets available September the 11th starting then and then November 2nd for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony at the end. Jessica, I look forward to the next few weeks, and thank you very much. Thank you.